Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm super excited because I had a few interesting coaching sessions this week that I really want to talk about and some concepts I learned from that. So that's exciting. Going to talk about that soon. But first I wanted to read a few um, messages I got recently that really just touched my soul about the podcast. So for you listeners out there, thank you for those of you that reach out to me. I do try to respond to every message I get, though sometimes a a little delayed. So I'm finding the messages now, but I just wanted to read them and, you know, thank you from the bottom of my heart from it. So this person said, hi, Jacqueline, my name is blank. I don't want to share her name, but she said, I'm an Italian girl and I've been suffering from eating disorders since I was 13. Now I'm 25. I've been through several different phases and actually I'm on my way to recover. I hope. I just wanted to tell you that your podcast is helping me so much. Really, I've never felt like this. For the first time, I feel like I can really stop binging and this nightmare is about to end. Your work is amazing. I love what you say and what you think, and I feel so related to you. I've started listening to it from the very start, and every episode is giving me something, and you are doing something incredibly important and beautiful. So thank you very much. You were helping people. So I just thought that message was so heartfelt and it's messages like that. Um, It's not that I'm so amazing, but I'm just so grateful that my journey and me being able to share my ideas and content is touching souls out there. And that's why I continually put out this podcast. It's why I coach. It's why I show up. It's why I show up when I'm tired sometimes and I don't want to do anything. And, um, you know, I go through ups and downs in terms of motivation, just like anyone else, but it's knowing that you're out there listening and that you, there are people out there that felt the way I did, um, that are struggling with bulimia, that are experiencing that crazy mindfuck that, that bulimia is. That's what makes me keep showing up every day. So to you out there listening, um, that feels like you can't recover, sit tight, listen to some episodes, keep on trying because I promise you it's within your capability. So today we're going to be talking about an interesting concept, which is it's not about the food. And hear me out. I know that there's a lot of protests. I'm aware that certain foods cause different chemical reactions in the body, right? So if you eat sugar, processed sugar, you eat cake, uh, you eat, I don't know, just like licorice, whatever it is, you're going to want more sugar. And it lights up the same areas in the brain as cocaine would in a crazy, crazy way, right? Sugar can be addictive and certain foods can be highly addictive, all that sort of stuff. So I'm not going to say that there's an, a, um, a component that food plays a role in, in terms of binging and purging and all that stuff. But I don't, um, I talk a lot about it on the podcast, but I do want to address that there is this whole psychological component to it as well. There's a whole thing with your thinking that causes such a huge effect on food. And I talked about it with um, one episode where I mentioned like, what if you thought about food the same, or what if you thought about a shower the same way you thought about food, it's going to be similar to that concept, but it's a little bit different. So I wanted to share to start out to explain what I mean. Um, I wanted to share a story that I just, I, I literally have just gotten done with the call. And I also had another call to speak with a client that kind of proved also like it's brought up the same issue. And so I wanted to talk about those two things. And then I wanted to offer some advice to you based on what, you know, these people are telling me. 
So I was just talking to someone who's a newer client, really fantastic. And she was talking about um, her first week trying to kind of recover, trying to uh, try out new concepts that we talked about, trying the pause method, um, trying to go through urges, feel urges, all that sort of stuff and not give in all that sort of beautiful, but awful feeling recovery, um, tasks recovery for those of you that know, know it's, it's hard. It's not always peaches and roses. It's a lot of grit. Like there are people that talk about recovery as this like fun, fantastic eye-opening thing. But I think for most of us, we can relate the recovery a lot of times, even though it's worth it. And there's a point where it starts to get better. It can feel like crap and hard work a lot of the time. So she's going through that phase, but we were talking about one day in particular And she said she had a really stressful day at work, just like nonstop talking with kids all the time. And, you know, kids, God bless their souls. They're amazing, but they can be really tiring, especially if you're working with them. So she's working with kids all day. She had a stressful morning, um, her job. She barely has time to use restroom. And um, then on top of that, she has or just a binge and purge, that relief of anxiety, right? All day. And then eventually... She, at the end of the day, was like, screw it. I'm going to go binge and perch. And I, I, I need to do this. I can't take it anymore. The urges are too strong. And she went, she planned to go there. She drove to the grocery store, picked out her food, binge and perch. It was over. And I said, you know, I, I asked her, interesting. Did you feel relief the moment you ate the food? Or did you feel a sense of calm the moment that you decided you're going to binge? The moment you decided that you're going to go to the grocery store, the moment you, did you feel like anxious the whole time you're driving there, the whole time you're picking up the food, or did you feel a sense of calm as you were driving to the grocery store, as you were picking out the food, the meticulousness of choosing your favorite binge foods and putting them in the cart and buying them, or were you still anxious during that time? And I asked her this and she was kind of like, you know, actually, now that we think about it, no, I probably felt a little bit calm when I decided that I was going to binge and I didn't, I felt calm when I was picking out the food, which is so crazy, right? Like there is this relief when you eat the food, but there's also the relief, the moment that you decide to give in the moment you decide we don't have to fight this anymore. And so that's one story. And then The other person that I'm going to talk about, she um, has been a client for a little while, really fantastic person. Um, Again, love all my clients, all my course members. They teach me so much. It's insane. And I really actually, I don't know if they, you know, people are like, oh, well, that's your job, but I really enjoy talking to these people and I get what they're going through. So like people are always like, oh, I'm sorry. You have to listen to all my, um, all my drama, but I'm like, no, it's actually interesting. Like I feel so blessed that these people trust me enough to let me know their innermost secrets. Um, They don't talk about this with anyone else. Most people, most people, I'm the only soul that they tell for a long time about bulimia. And they don't just tell people I have bulimia or tell me I have bulimia. They tell me the nitty gritty details of what happened with their bulimia. And so it's just like, it's a privilege and I get to help them and show them actually you're a badass, actually you can recover. But anyway, this other client I was talking to earlier in the week, she mentioned briefly in passing, it wasn't even the main subject we were talking about, but it rung really interesting in my brain. She was like, actually I felt, felt a sense of calm while shopping for the binge food. I didn't even like, even during the binge shopping, I felt calm. It wasn't while I was eating that I felt that sense of calm. Um, it was while I was planning the binge, while I was actually shopping for it, those sort of things. And so what I want to say is that each of these people 
experience the relief that they were looking for before even putting food in their mouth. Maybe there was the um, more relief after putting food in their mouth, but they they experienced that relief of anxiety, the relief of fighting urges, the moment they decided to give in, to just do it, right? And then the act of planning the binge, driving to the grocery store, there was a sense of peace with both of them. And I can relate to this too, in some degrees. I would, after work, the moment I decided to go to the store, it was like I entered a different realm. It was like I just, my brain was able to shut down because I knew we're going to do it. It's fine. We just get to do this. No big deal. Unless I was on a time crunch. If I was on a time crunch, there was a lot more anxiety because I knew I had a binge and purge before a certain amount of time or I would be caught. So, but most of the time, like if I was able to do it with more leisurely time, going to the grocery store was kind of fun. I could pick out what type of food I want. I didn't have to think about work. I didn't have to think about stressful things. I didn't have to think about, you know, where my life was going. All I had to do was pick out fun foods, you know, and enjoy some me time. And I knew that I had designated that time to just be with myself and food. I didn't have to talk to anyone. I had to do anything, no work. I could just have the relief that I so desperately wanted. And that's the thing. The people, these people, I think the reason they felt calm was they gave themselves permission to shut down a little bit. They gave themselves the relief that their brain was looking for. They were feeling anxious. They said, instead of fighting at this, instead of fighting, you know, the feeling, we're going to give you exactly what you want. We're going to give you the food you want. And that thought alone, it wasn't even an action. Let's be really clear about this. It was just a thought that they truly believed. And the belief that relief was coming was enough for them to feel relief in the moment. Now let you let, let, let that just blow your mind for a second. Once I realized that like concept, I was like, oh my God, it doesn't even have to be food that gives you the relief. It's the thought, the knowing that your relief is coming that gives you relief, that gives you that peace of mind. I would think, I would imagine this would be the same for someone who's in a really severe situation. Let's say it's a war or, um, I, I mean, I don't want to be insensitive, but my mind goes to people that were in concentration camps and maybe the relief they would have felt if they knew help was coming, right? If you're in a really dangerous situation, having the knowing that someone is coming could at least give you some semblance of relief, of calm, of knowing I people know about me and I'm going to be rescued. That would give you so much peace of mind instead of thinking, when will it ever end? And that's kind of what anxiety is like. And I don't know um, how much of you guys know this, but uh, stress, your brain doesn't interpret stress differently. Uh, your brain can't determine really the difference. I mean, you intellectually know that a tiger is not chasing you, but your brain doesn't necessarily know that. Your stress system, your nervous system reacts the same way it does to chronic stress, like um, having, you know, worrying about your weight. Um, worrying about financials, worrying about your career, all that sort of stuff, or your boss telling you that there's a deadline you have to make, it can't interpret that differently than a tiger is chasing you. The only difference is you probably be, would be running if a tiger was chasing you versus when your boss tells you there's a deadline. And if you don't make that deadline, you're fired. That's still an extreme stress on your body and it has the same effects. So when you're feeling anxious about just an urge to binge, your body doesn't understand that that isn't going to kill you. Your body thinks it's a real life threat. And that's why you feel so horrible. That's why your nervous system is going to overdrive with, 
hey, let's like, this is actual stressor. This is a danger. Let's freak out. Let's, you know, have some adrenaline, some cortisol. Let's just have a good time, right? It's not what you want, but your body reacts the same way. So even though it's not a real danger and urge to binge and um, fighting urges to binge, your body's interpreted it same way. And so just the thought or belief of, hey, we're going to get relief. Hey, we're going to be able to binge later was enough to give, you know, my clients and me sometimes the relief that you're looking for without even the actual active eating food. So you're like listening and you're like, okay, that's fine and dandy Jacqueline, but what do I do? I can't just lie to myself and say, I'm going to binge and then not binge. That doesn't work because you know, deep down, if you're going to binge or not, what I would do is I would first let the thought sink in that you don't actually have to eat food to relieve the urges. That's the first maybe lesson of this is it's not the actual act of eating, though that's pleasurable and that does have some relief in it itself. Not saying that food isn't isn't um, part of the whole act, but let's let the first belief is, or the first fact of the matter is, you don't have to binge to get the relief that you seek. You have to change your thinking to get the relief that you seek. And then also maybe possibly some physical activity. So it doesn't have to be I have to binge on all the cakes and pies in the grocery store. Actually, it starts with your mind, not the actions that you take. And that isn't to say that sometimes taking actions can then provoke better thoughts. So I've talked to several clients lately where they're like, it feels like I have to take better actions in order to change my thinking. And what I'm going to offer you is that both are true. Sometimes changing your actions before you thinking can then motivate you to have better thinking, of course, but also it doesn't have to be that way. And for those of you that are trying to do everything right, but it still isn't changing your thinking, then I would try to change your thinking, right? <laughs> and stop expecting actions to change it all automatically. And ideally, I think both are true. Both are good to use in unison. Changing your actions and changing your thinking are the magic goal that make, uh, make a permanent change happen. So that's the first thing. First synopsis is that actually define relief. The thought is what needed to change. And that you don't actually have to find relief through food. Okay, so what does this mean then? How can you take advantage of this? First, it's the knowing, and that will be helpful. Second is you can stop fighting. So when those urges come, I think the biggest thing people do is they fight with them. They resist them. And they think, no, 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 no. I can't have this thought. I can't have this urge. This urge means I'm going to do it. How dare this urge even come up? But I suggest to every single person I talk to, is to stop fighting it and let those urges be there instead of like thrashing around and trying to be like, no, I can't do this. I want you to let those urges come in. I want you to let them be there. I want you to welcome them and be like, Hey, urge, nice to see you again and let them exist in unison. And once you do that, once you're able to acknowledge the thought, you don't necessarily have to agree with it. Once you're able to acknowledge the thought, I want you to try to give yourself, offer yourself relief in other ways. So generally when we're feeling the urges, we're feeling anxiety. I think the best thing that would help us is knowing that there's going to be an escape, knowing that it won't be forever. And so sometimes what helps people in the moment is telling themselves, this is temporary. This is a temporary state. I will be okay. I will get through this. This will eventually fade. And that can be helpful. But something I see a lot, especially a lot of my clients have very busy schedules and then they wonder why they're seeking relief all the time through food. What could have helped both of those people during those times is knowing we're going to give you relief brain. We're going to give you all these urges you're having. They're actually urges 
to have a freaking break. It's not necessarily all about the food. Part of it's about the food for sure. I understand that, but you could maybe separate yourself and be like, yeah, part of me really wants the food, but part of these urges are actually not just for food and try to at least like pull back the curtain on those urges and be like, why do I so intensely want urges? It's because I'm seeking relief from these feelings I'm feeling at this very second. That is why I'm having these urges. I'm trying to find peace from these feelings. And knowing that, knowing that it's really about the feeling, it's not necessarily about the food. The food is only half the, or like a quarter of the benefits and you just find relief through the food. Then you can maybe start to change the dialogue and ask your brain, okay, what else do I need? Because food isn't actually going to solve it, especially long-term. Do I need to learn how to deal with these emotions? Do I need to learn how to feel these emotions? Do I need to learn how to give myself relief from this feeling? Is my schedule too crazy? Do I actually just need a break? Do I need sleep? Do I need to just lie down on the ground and stare at the ceiling for a freaking second? Because most of the time, what I find is when you have those urges, and if you are actually willing to pause, and if you lie down, ground yourself, and breathe, you will eventually get through it. Those urges might come back. As I say to a lot of my clients, urges are like a stray cat. Just because you stop feeding it doesn't mean it's going to come back continuously. Eventually, the stray cat will leave. But for right now, it's going to keep clawing at your door because you've been feeding it for a while. But the more and more you stop feeding it, the less it will be there, the more it will go away. So all that ranting and raving to say that the urges can be relieved with something other than food. And then also... What do you want to relieve them with? And how can you change the dialogue around these urges? How can you stop, um, shift it from food? And here's another thing that I think I'd like to point out about binging and purging. That's interesting that I don't think I've addressed. I've talked to it with a couple of clients, but um, binging isn't all that relaxing. Like part of it is, but usually from my experience, I mean, maybe you find it different. I'd love to hear from you. But whenever I would binge, it would be a very frantic experience because I knew that I had to purge at some amount of time. So there was a certain window of time that I could eat the food before I had to throw up and or else I would make these arbitrary rules that it would be digested, digested, right? I would be like, I have a limited amount of time. I can sit and enjoy this food and then I have to purge it because otherwise it's going to be too late. And also usually I was in a time crunch. So I had a limited amount of time by myself and I had work to do. I had whatever thing. I had to go back to reality at some point. So eating the food was never like that enjoyable. There were momentary seconds of it feeling good and it tasting good. But after that, it was kind of just like this frantic eating frenzy. It wasn't relaxing and it was actually stressful in its own way. It was just a different stress than the stress I was feeling. At least when I was eating, I didn't have to think about work. I didn't have to think about where my career was going. I didn't have to think about how I was going to pay rent next month. I didn't have to think about my waistline. I didn't have to think about my relationship and how much of a shitty partner I was being. I didn't have to think about any of that. I just had to think about how much time I had to eat and how I was going to eat it and then how I was going to purge it and how I was going to cover it up. That's all I had to think about. And that to me was a much simpler task than thinking about the stresses of my actual life, of actual reality. So hopefully this podcast, this episode, you can relate to what I'm saying and really think about it. When you actually decide you're going to binge, do you find the relief when you decide that you're going to binge or do you find the relief when you actually binge? It's probably a little bit of both, but it's probably the second you decide I'm going to do it, there's some relief there. 
And that can tell you that it's not just the food that helps you find the relief. It's actually the thought and changing your thinking. What this means is that when you handle an urge, you can actually change your thinking through that urge to make it a little bit more bearable. doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. I think a lot of people hear me say, you can change your thinking. And then they're like, great, I can get through an urge without it being hard. Show me the way, Jacqueline. I want it to not be difficult. Awesome. Tell me the secret sauce. And it's like, no, 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 no. Feeling an urge is still going to suck. But when you change your thinking, it's as if you know that it's going to suck. So you're able to tolerate it more and you're willing to go through it. And eventually it will fade. When you change your thinking, it it's like if you were going through hell and you didn't know why. You know, it would be like, why am I going through this torturous thing, running around in circles when I don't know why I'm running around in circles? Versus when you change your thinking with an urge, you actually then know, oh, I'm running around in circles for a reason. I'm feeling this urge so that it will fade and eventually stop rewarding the urge. And eventually my habit gets less and less and fades and that neural pathway gets decreased, right? That's why you're doing it. So changing your thinking and also knowing in that moment, hey, I don't need food to feel this relief. I need some sort of other stress reliever. I need something else and it's not freaking food. So what is it? Is it just to lie down? Is it just to relax? Is it to play games? I don't know. You have to answer that question for yourself. Is it the need to call a friend? Is it the need to figure out what's going wrong in your life, like listing out everything that's bothering you and coming up with solutions to it? There's a million answers to that. You have to figure that out for yourself. But I promise you, the food is only one piece of the small pie in one piece of a large pie. (laughs) And it's not actually going to solve all your problems. And you can actually find relief without even eating the food, which is bonkers. So hopefully this has been enlightening and actually thoughtful and actually maybe gave you some things to think about with your own habits and some flaws in your thinking. I think a lot of people don't, um, they give into the urges continuously because they think that food is the only thing that will relieve it. And that's actually not true. It's actually in your thinking and what you do with the urge. Another good way to handle urges through physical activity. So once you've done the thinking and you're still feeling anxious, highly recommend doing some some sort of physical activity, whether it's taking a walk, getting up and dancing around, um, taking a run or something, or doing some jumping jacks, anything that will really help your brain actually complete its stress cycle that it's feeling from whatever perceived dangers are there, even if it's just the perceived danger of not being able to binge and purge. Your brain interprets threats the same. So. Anyway, I hope this episode has been informative and I hope that it's changed your thinking. I hope you guys have an excellent weekend. Please try to put what I said here into practice. Try changing your thinking up and try just telling yourself it's not actually the food that I need and see how that changes your brain. See if you disagree with it. See if you have some like resistance to it. Or if you're like, actually, that's kind of true. What can you do with that information? How can you change it? How can you, knowing that fact, do something else with your urge instead of binging? So I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Hey, if you like this episode, you have to come check out the Binge Breakers Recovery course. If you're trying to recover from bulimia and you're sick of doing it alone and you feel like you've tried a lot of traditional therapies and it's not working with you, come join the course. Go to bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course.